Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Eric Devin. I'm joined by Nathan Staples and Adam White as we look forward to match day 21 and a weekend packed with rivalries in league. Uh, before we start, let's get an update on our prediction game though. Three points for a correct score, one point for a correct result. Adam was the winner last week with five points, while Nathan recorded four to keep both of them ahead of myself on three. And those results combined with match day 17 leave us with a very tight race for the title, with myself on 41, Adam on 40, and Nathan on 38. With five matches to look at this week, it is very much anybody's to win. So, gents, let's start with tomorrow evening's match. That's Nice's trip to Bastia, and this match, both in Corsica and in Nice, has been the site of some unseemly action from both sets of fans in the recent past. And to remember up the interest even more, Mario Balotelli is back from suspension, uh, looking set to lead the line alongside Alessand Playa. Now, Bastia are without three of their preferred attackers, and Enzo Crivelli, who's injured, Alan St. Maximin, who's suspended, and Tevi Bufuma, who's been sold in the week. Adam, Nice are reeling from their own injury issues, but is it too much to ask Bastia to get a result here, even with the Furiani behind them? Um, it's, it's an interesting one, because I feel like that there is quite a lot of hope for Bastia in this game, but not necessarily because of their, their issues, and they have got quite a few with players suspended and players injured, and, and obviously selling Tevi Bufuma, which, which, is, which was, I don't know the fee involved, but I, I think he's a decent player, and I would like to see them hold on to him if, if at all possible. He's decent for rounds at the end of last season. But I, I think the, the, the issue comes here with, with Nice's form, and, and I think in the last couple of games, albeit quite sort of spread over the, the, the Christmas period against Bordeaux, and then against um, uh, Mets last week, they, they're starting to look a little bit shaky with players with players sort of dropping out and players from Michelle Terry's obviously at the African Nations Cup, the suspensions of Rahanda and, uh, and Balotelli after their settings off at, at Bordeaux. Um, I think there's a, an issue with Nice's stability and I, I was hoping it wouldn't happen this soon, but it feels like they're starting to drop away a little bit. The, the result at home to Mets last week was a very, very disappointing one from their, from their point of view, given that they were top going into the weekend, they're playing the bottom side. A home game there, you would have felt was a, was a banker to some extent, although we, as we discussed, Mets are a little bit improved in recent weeks. Um, obviously, those, those misses are big. Enzo Cavelli's been great for them this season. I liked him at Bordeaux. I think he's a, quite, he's a powerful presence up front. Uh, and Maxin has been great for them as well since, since coming in and really quick, and they'll miss his pace and, and his trickery uh, going forward. But I still think they're relatively solid defensively. So I have a, I have a strong feeling about this game. I think Bastion not necessarily winning it, but I think they might get something out of it, at least. They're good at home, one of the best, one of the most difficult places to go in league in. So I really feel that Bastion have got a real chance of, of getting something from this game. Perhaps, perhaps a draw, but I, I think they're well in this one. All right, Nathan. Uh, what about Nice? Remy Walter is back in the side, but Paul Bice and Maxime Marchand are one, once again absent. Uh, does this force Les Aiglons to play a 4-3-3 with Arnold Lusamba and play a wide? Or should Favre try something else? Maybe give you any chance to the likes of Anastasius Danis or Marcel? It's a tough one, isn't it? I think we saw last week with the 3-4-3, they tried to play maybe a little bit more adventurously at home against the Mets side. They thought they might be able to walk over and it didn't turn out that way. And now with Paul Bice not in for the next couple of weeks and Mar Le Marchand not able to cover either, there's no Bodmer either up because he's out of contract. He's left the club as well. So they are lacking options in that central defensive area. So you're thinking that surely that organically moves them to a 4-3-3. Um, and I can see the, them playing the way you mentioned with Lusamba and player-wide, Balotelli through the middle. Remy Walter coming back is a good plus. It gives them more defensive stability alongside uh, probably going to be Cos Yellow. 
and uh, Cyprian again with obviously Seri at the African Cup of Nations and, and Belanda um, out in the stands at the moment. Do you give a chance maybe to one of those younger players because Lasamba was okay at the weekend? No one really stood out really. A player struggled to get into the game. I've liked what I've seen of Marcel in the past. I think he's uh, an interesting player. I think he works hard. I think he's got great energy. Uh, might need to see a little bit more from him to see whether he really fits into the squad and as a starter in this kind of game. Um, and Donis, we've mentioned on the main podcast on Monday that we've not really seen anything of him. Um, he looks interesting when he's come on. He looks like a, a lively player. Um, maybe that's another option for them. I can't see them trying to go with a back three in this one um, without one of Bice or Lemarchand. I don't think they have the cover. Could they maybe... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe moved Suke there. Maybe. He's done it before. Ah, it's a bit of a risk, especially like like Adam says, it's a difficult place to go at Bastia. And it's a game that with Nice now dropping into second behind Monaco, they probably need to win if they want to keep their title hopes alive against these kind of teams where they should be picking up three points. So... I think they go a little bit more conservative with the 4-3-3 and try and play the way they can do. If they can get an early goal in this one, it's an absolutely massive boost to them because I think with the struggles that Bastia have and we've already mentioned the issues with this with their forward line, um, it really could then play into Nisa's hands if they can get an early goal. But it's a tough balancing act for Favre. With, it's such a thinning squad with the injuries and uh, call-ups to the African Cup of Nations that... Um, it's it's beginning to look like a tough balance and act, and whether they can keep going is um, is starting to look questionable. Yeah, I should also mention that Bastia are basically without a without a fit centre back. They're probably going to be playing uh, Alexander Jiku and, uh, and Benson in at centre back after uh, Marange went off at the weekend as well. So they're they're really up against it. Uh, unless Lindsay Rose is ready to play at the weekend, it's a it's a very tough situation for both teams in terms of injuries. Um, so. Thinking about that, though, what are our predictions, Nathan? I'll come to you first. I think with what you've just mentioned there, of the defenders as well as the attackers, I can't see Bastia in the form they're in as well, getting a result in this one. I, I think uh, Balicella scores a brace in a 2-0 win for Nice. All right. Adam? One each for me. I, I just have a feeling about it. I, I, despite the injuries, it's, it's, it's an exciting one, I think. All right. I'm going to go with a 1-0 win for uh, nice on the road in the Derby de, of the Mediterranean, as it's so-called. Uh, speaking of derbies, we've got uh, three-ish to look at this this week. Uh, another one of those is, but it's definitely a derby, is Bordeaux-Toulouse, the Derby de Garonne. Uh, Adam, you've been our man on the scene with Bordeaux this season, and things seem to be slowly improving uh, with this 4-3-3. Jeremy Menes is once again fit, though. Uh, with this being a derby and, and a big Coupe de la Ligue semifinal midweek, how does Gorvenek balance his striking dilemma? Does he bring Menes back in? Does he keep let Laborde keep his place? Um, it's it's definitely a, it is a dilemma. I hundred percent agree with that. It's, it, first of all, it is definitely slowly improving at Bordeaux. Um, the the four two three is a lot more sort of solid. Perhaps the four two four four slash four four two that uh, Govanek was keen on playing at the start of the year was a little bit <clears throat> was a little bit too open and allowed than to be got up in, in central areas in midfield areas, despite the quality of Toulon and, and Plasso and Sertic and Vada sometimes, you know, they're good players, but perhaps in, in modern football, two, two central players is, is taking risks, and, and especially in a league that's quite sort of uh, physical, they, they were perhaps overrun a little bit in, in midfield sometimes and a bit open. So the 4-3-3 is, is, is a good evolution of that. 
But um, as you mentioned, the, the, the dilemmas do come in, in the forward areas then because they've got Laborde, who started with the last seven games and looked, looked good. And he was great at Claremont last season on loan. scored a lot of goals for them in, in League 2. But obviously, Jerry Menes is a, is, a, is a very, very talented player. Not necessarily the most consistent, and but a big name, possibly their biggest alongside Tula Lund. He'll expect to be playing and Govanek will want to play him. If on form, Jerry Menes is, is great news for Bordeaux. But the problem is that Menes hasn't been on form this season at all. And... The, the last time I think he made an impact in the game was possibly off the bench um, back in November when I think, yeah, the, when they, they, they beat Dijon at home 3-2, he came, came off the bench and played well then. I seem to remember Kamano scoring twice in that game as well. And then looking at the start, when he started the game, that, that, you're looking as far back as September when they beat Lyon away, when the last effect of the game really affected from the start. So to be honest, at the moment, the board deserves his place. And given that um, he's coming back from injury, Menes, so maybe he'll be eased in a little bit. And perhaps given the, the board's form, he's not been prolific, but he's been he's been a good focal point. Perhaps Menes can come into the cup game in the week, and then perhaps we'll go from there. Maybe maybe next weekend, next league game, he'll he'll be starting from there. But I firstly would prefer to see the board uh, in a full position. And then you've got the problem with Unas, where he's sort of. Um, he sort of irked his manager with his attitude in recent weeks and, and perhaps that sending off the game a four-game ban before Christmas was something that Govanek has not take, taken kindly to. And as talented as Adam Unis is, and he's one of the favourite players in the league, he does have attitude problems and he's been a bit petulant at times and a bit a bit sort of wayward. And at 20 years old, obviously, he's got a long, a long time in his career to go and I hope and I think he can have a very good career, but it's something he needs to work on. And I think... Uh, Korvalek is has been used in sparingly anyway, so I think he perhaps won't start here. Um, but he, he, you would hope by the end of the season that he's going to be starting regular, well, every game and then back to the form we showed at the end of last season. So I think it will take a little bit of time there. So for now, I'd like to see them go with Laborde, Kamano, and Malcolm. I still think Diego Rolon's got a lot, a lot of form issues. So I, I think the the front three that you mentioned perhaps are the best options for, for this game and maybe the other three can start in the week and because they've got a lot of options there as well. You're thinking those six players plus there's Thomas Toro who's going to be out for a little while but he's a good option in, those, in the era. So, excuse me. So, there's, you know, there's options. Um, but I think given the form of Laborde, he should start. I like Malcolm and I like Kamano. I think those those players offer pace and directness and they can score goals like that. So, he's, he's the other players back in for now, I think. All right. I can't say I would have to disagree. Unas has mentioned in interviews he, he admires Sofian Bufo, and I think that, that you get the good with the bad along with along with that, <laughs> which we all know too well. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, turning to lose, they've had poor results in recent weeks, but might feel aggrieved in their recent losses against Nott and Marseille, uh, having played decently but not gotten the rub of the green. Is this simply bad luck, or do you see something different in the way this team plays now as opposed to the, the way they were at the beginning of the season? It's a little bit of bad luck, certainly. I think against not they can feel a little bit aggrieved. They they went down a goal and they really did press to try and get back into the game. And a little couple of deflections this way, a little couple of lucky issues the, the other way, and, and it doesn't quite go their way. Um, same again, like I say, Marseille game was a little bit unlucky as well. But it's maybe a case of that luck going against them a little bit. They've had times this season where they have been a little bit lucky, especially towards their end of their good run. They had a couple of maybe contentious results of maybe just sneaking games and it's coming back to bite them a little bit. They've not got that same tenacity for me that they had at the start of the season when they were beating teams like Monaco and, and Paris Saint-Germain at home. It's almost like they feel like... It's almost like Dupraz is such a motivator that he's almost exhausted them by g them up for these big games where they've come out with 
enormous results and they've not really pushed on from there, which is a shame because they they have some good players. Whether the speculation over Martin Braithwaite's affecting him, I'm not so sure. I thought he was okay against Norton. He, he had a half-decent chance to score a goal. If he, they can keep him and, and get him firing again, then that makes a big difference to this team because as soon as they start scoring goals, they've they've got some really talented players in the back. We've mentioned uh, Issa Diop before. We've mis- mentioned Julien before as well, who's had a good season. <laughs> They've got a good goalkeeper in Lafont who's who's very talented as well. So my thinking is at the moment it's the it's only just the start of the the second half of the season. It was a, a tough result against Nantes. Bordeaux are indifferent in form. They can waver a little bit. Again, they they're trying to find a little bit more success. So if they can maybe again similar, it's, it seems to be the theme of away teams. If they can get an early goal, it makes such a difference. I think for Toulouse and I think. They they seem to play much better from those winning positions and being ahead, and then playing on the counter with those players like like um, Braithwaite who with his pace and bits like that. So that's what they need to aim to do. That's what they need to get back to is is working hard, showing that effort that they've shown in t- at times at the very start of the season, but it seemed to have faded away. Hopefully, Duprak can inspire that back into them and possibly make this quite an interesting game if it does come down to those attacking players and. And entertaining football, but they also need a bit of the rub of the green. They were they were really unlucky against Nott, and sometimes the chips don't roll your way. Sometimes they do. They need to start rolling back in their way if they want to stay in that mid-table dogfight, if you want to call it, and then not be dragged into any worries later on this season. All right, looking at predictions, then I can't say I, I disagree. I think that both these teams are can use this derby match as a way to get motivation and, and really to get a, a result that can keep that can keep them keep them uh, motivated moving forward. So Adam, your score prediction? 2-0 Bordeaux. Toulouse aren't great away from home this season. Alright, I'm gonna go with a one nil to lose win. And Nathan? One all draw. Alright. Well let's move on to another regional rivalry, and that's Gangamp hosting Wren. The last time out uh, in this match, uh, Adama Diakabi scored a last-minute winner after Gangamp had had uh, Mustafa Diallo sent off. Nathan, though, with Gangamp at home, do they seek to play more expansively than they had um, at the Roa Zone back in, uh, I believe, the match was in September? Yeah, absolutely. I can remember the game. in, in it, it was very late September, yeah, where, where San, uh, Ren ran out 1-0 winners. They were a little bit reluctant in that game, but that also was hampered by Diallo, like you say, being sent off with about 30 minutes to go. And they really did sit in the shell from that from that moment on. And they also played Marcus Coco in a sort of awkward centre-forward role that didn't quite work in a 4-4-2. It wasn't... It was while Kwambari was sort of still experimenting with the side and still finding their best kind of formation with the talent that they've got. I, I can't imagine he'll be playing the same way that they did it, it, it that way. They're going to be more expansive and play the way they have done them, at least before the international, uh, the the winter break, apologies, where they, they played some really, really good football towards the end of that. I mean, the, the win against Paris Saint-Germain was exemplary of that, of, the, of the, the form they were in, the expansive football, the entertainment they can bring. They, I think they should really go for this one, especially the position they're in. They're in a really comfortable position, somewhere they can't have imagined quite being in in fifth. Um, 
a push for Europe's maybe a, a bridge too far, really, for, in terms of Champions League. Europa League's absolutely not out of the question, but there is an absolute triad of tri- teams behind them waiting to pounce, so, including Ren themselves. So, yeah, I'd like to see them really go for this one and, and test how good they really are at this level and, and show whether they deserve to be in this Europa League spot and this Europa League fight. Um, I've really liked Coco this season. I think Jimmy Brion's been really underrated. He's had a really terrific season. I've liked Neil Depot, who's come off the bench quite often. Um, I hope he starts this one, actually, because I think he's really added something to to this team when when they've had the chance to have him on the field as well. So hopefully they use some of their some of their players. I, I, I love their midfield as well, of Doe and Diallo. I think they're really combative. I think they really complement each other really well. Doe's really willing to um, make attack into def- defence into attack, and, and Diallo's willing to sit or or work with him in, in almost like a classic two-man midfield. I, I really like their combination. And the defence has been decent as well. Kerbrat wasn't excellent against Lorient. He got caught out a couple of times. He's maybe a little bit unfortunate when uh, Wairi should really be sent off for a, for a kick out at him. But he does bring him down for the penalty blatantly. And that kind of rashness worries me, especially three goals against Lorient, who haven't been terrific, at least in the last couple of weeks before the for the. Uh, the winter break, but uh, I would like to see Gangop go for this one. I don't think Ren have been spectacular going forward this season, so there's not too much of a worry that end. And hopefully, if if Gangop can pull a win and maybe some results go their way, some teams start falling off, it, it starts making them look like in a really, really strong position in that fifth place in the table, and uh, that's a real, real success for them this season. All right, Adam, how do Ren respond to uh, Gangop's good form in this which uh, Gangop are calling the Celtico. <laughs> uh, we, we've seen that Pedro Enrique is likely on his way out. Paul George Intep has already gone. Uh, so Camille Grosicki is a, a given starter on one wing in this 4-4-2 that Gorkouf likes so much. Uh, who should get this start on the other wing going forward? We've got Ad- Adamadi Akabi. We've got Adrian Hunu. Or is it is it someone else? This team needs more in attack. Who, who's the right player to do that? And who should get the start uh, come Saturday? Well, yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that they're going to have to consider going forward. I mean, Christian Gorko is a master at getting results in league, and so I have full confidence that they'll they'll maintain their form at least to some extent for, for the rest of the year. But there are some big holes in the team now. Paul Johnson Tep so was a huge player for them um, when he was on form. He's one of the one of the best players in the league. To be honest, he was in the top ten players in the league on form. He was great. So you know the fact that he's replacing Jackson at Wolfsburg really shows what, what a great player he was and how exciting he was. So I, I think first of all that they need to replace Intep somehow. I mean they've got they've got players in but they've got on Kalulu on on loan. But whether whether there's any players within the squad they can trust to to replace Paul George Intep like straight away is 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 a big question for them. Obviously Adama Diakabi's been been you know he's been like hyper random at certain times this season he's come off the bench often and and looked impressive and looked exciting in, in, a, in a similar way to but obviously to a less extent to, to Dembele did last season so for me as you mentioned it it has to be one of those two at for this game I, I don't know that you know, they'll be signing anybody between now and now on the weekend but I'm I'd like to see Dear Carby get 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 a chance in the team I'm a big fan of Hunu as well I think he's a I think he's a technically very good player and and one that can definitely do a job in this league. But I, I, of the two, I'd prefer Diakabi and see if he can replicate some of the, you know, sort of live up to some of that hype that he, he surrounded him at, at times over the course of the season. But overall, I, I think 
they're going to have to look um, to replace Antep somehow because they've got a decent amount of money for him and there are a lot of options across both league and league two players they could bring in and 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 you know fill that gap. So I don't know if either those two players, who knew and Dick Harbour, you mentioned they're going to be the, the choice, the first choice going forward. I think they need to strengthen their squad. But um, Christian Gorkov knows how to get the best out of teams in league, and that four four two has suited him well for has worked well for him for a long time. He was at Lorient and it worked brilliantly well. So um, I, I think it's a, it is a little bit of a worry for them, but going forward, I think they've got the players to, to fill in those positions, and I imagine that they'll they'll strengthen as well. So. Um, is this this game's close? I think it's going to be an interesting one, but hopefully we'll, get, we'll see a bit of Dia Carby and see if we can get him a run in the team and and see what he's really what he's really like. Yeah, I have to say myself, I really like the loan move of uh, Abdulkalulu from Ren or uh, to Ren from Leon. That is uh, very undersized player, but he's got good movement. Really likes to drop players out of position. He can pop up on the wing or centrally. Uh, just the question is, if you're playing him as a lone striker, uh, there's nobody in the box. Yeah. Uh, so. It's a, it's a tough question, a tough derby. I'm going to go with um, a 2-1 Gangomp win. Uh, I think that Ren are not quite at the races in attack. I think that we saw that against PSG, that, that, that Gorkouf plays a little bit too conservatively. I think that playing away from home in a rivalry match, uh, he might revert to that again. I'm not saying he's going to start Jelson Fernandez in the right wing again, but uh, a, a definitely a more negative approach uh, that, that does not, to me, bode well for, for Ren's fortunes in this match. Uh, Nathan, your prediction? I'm going to go a reverse of the pr- previous result, which is a 1-0 Gangomp win. All right. And Adam? Uh, one each, a classic league and one all draw. All right. Um, moving on now to another match. Uh, and that, this one is not a rivalry, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, that being because one team has been in Liga for most of their history and another one has not. Uh, that is Sensei Tan hosting Angers. Now, Angers are really reeling uh, as of late, Adam, uh, due to the injuries and AFCON absence they've had. Is there any way this team stays up? Uh, or do they just, do they just not prepare for AFCON, uh, given how many of their players um, are, are, uh, are members of, the, of national teams based in Africa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it definitely feels like... You know, I guess there's, there's kind of two points to that. First of all, I really hope they stay up. As I mentioned before on the pod, they're, they're one of my favourite teams, if not my favourite team in the league. When they're on form, their first 11 is fantastic. They keep the ball brilliant well. They're, they're really well organised and, and often can be really sort of compelling in a, in a, in a, in a classic league kind of way. But I think the, the African Nations Cup situation is a difficult one because it, obviously there are a lot of African players in, in France and, and, and they've got some fantastic scouting networks, French clubs across Africa, and they find some fantastic players. And um, obviously, a lot of the players that they've they've signed who are off the African Nations Cup have come from other French teams. But um, it's going to be difficult to replace those players because you've got players like Sheikh and Doi, uh, Tawa Coco Cambri has been brilliant this season. Nicola Pepe has come in and done brilliantly well, and Dahiri is a top scorer. It's just kind sort of unfortunate. You can't. It's very difficult for a club like Angers to replace four or three of the best players, and Pepe has been influential too, just off the bat. Um, preparing for the the Afcon would be very difficult, even if. Given the even given the the, the sort of time they've had to prepare, because how do you go about replacing those players? It's a very very difficult thing to do. Um, I don't know that anybody in the league have really replaced Shake and Doyle effectively. So it's almost like they have to have to ride it out a little bit, and it's come at a horrible time because the form was 
it was weird because they, they started the season, the first few games were pretty poor, but they picked up and they looked like the Orangera of last season and, and played really well, but didn't get the results they deserved, which could turn out to be absolutely crucial for them because there were a few games that niggly little draws. I remember at home to Laurie on a game they should have won. There were a few other games. Those games, those few extra points could be crucial at the end of the season. And you're right, they're really in a relegation dogfight now because going ahead, you would imagine that there are going to be a few games without those players' applications cut. They've got a few long-term injuries. You know, and Andrew, the Tellier, and Berry Kepke from Fonna are all long-term the injuries they'll be out for the rest of the season. So their squad is depleted. And those points they could have won early in the season when they had more of their players fit, or they didn't have the AFCON issue, well, could come back to bite them. So I think, it, I think they will stay up, but I think it's going to be tight. I think they could even be in the relegation playoff. 17th, 16th, perhaps could 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 be uh, could be very likely for them. But they've still got quality in Mangani and Santa Maria and Capera Capel and Roman Tomorrow, assuming he stays over the winter, and Ishmael Tomorrow very solid at the back. So there's still hope, um, and they, they should they should still be confident. But yeah, it's 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 uh, on the edge a little bit for them. All right, Nathan. Sante haven't scored more than one goal in the league since the last time these two teams met, almost two months ago. Now, for me, Jordan Veratu is a player who showed immense potential at Nantes, especially being played further forward as a number 10. Could that be a role he could take up for Saint-Étienne if this team uh, changed their tactics? Uh, yeah, I think they, they could change it up a little bit because they always seem to play that conservative 4-3-3 style, and that's how they set up against Lille on, on Friday last week. And playing Jordan Veratu closer to the strikers, getting more involved, might be a, a, an interesting play, especially because they have... So introverted wingers, and they're, they're obviously playing Nolan Rue with the with the other two still still out. So they really restricted the play. I mean, I thought I was really impressed by uh, Kevin Monipake in that game. I thought he did really well to exploit the space behind uh, Sebastian Corsier and pulling the centre back out of position and really rustling up. And that's what led to their goal and eventually. And Hamuma obviously being introverted, playing in that inside role and, and moving inside and finding the finding the uh, space to score the goal. But they do need to create a little bit more. They were on top for long periods of that game as well, and they had plenty of the ball. They just never seemed to really go at Lille, and they allowed them back in the game. And uh, surprise, surprise, <laughs> my favourite, Depreville comes on and changes the game completely and, and earns Lille a, a deserved draw at that point. So, yeah, you want to see them try and change something up because they do seem too conservative at times. I've, I've They've struggled to get... Brian Darbo into the games often. He often sort of fades in and fades out. We've not seen that Montpellier side of him where he really commands the ball and tries to join in attacks. Sometimes he's a little bit too reserved. Lemoine's never going to be um, one to go box to box, really, and he never has been. And while you get the width from the fullbacks, from, from uh, where it was Poloma and uh, Malqui at the, on the, the previous game, is that enough? Have they got enough plays in the box when they do go wide? Because, again, those introverted wingers don't tend to go into the box to go and head the ball. It's only Nolan Rue as a, a target man up there. They need someone else maybe picking up the scraps or maybe creating from central positions. So, yeah, why not try Veratu in those advanced places where we saw him at Nantes, where he showed that he's got the talent to create and, and uh, create things for himself as well, not just for others. So, maybe a switch up from Galtier where he's like you say, the team is really struggling to score goals. And if they want to really be on the top of this Europa League fight again and, and really finish in a, in a good position in the league, they need to score more. So try something like that, especially with the players that they have. At, at like Sa They could play, maybe do Saive do that, but he's obviously the African Cup of Nations. So 
yeah, give him a chance to play in that. It's, I, I think it's almost more of his more natural position as well. He he tends to play better in those central roles than he did that out wide. And some well, we used to play out wide for a while as well. So he's he's more comfortable in those attacking areas. So let him loose a bit. You've they've got a good strong defensive base to play off of. And against a team like Angers, who are doing very very little against teams, it, it should be a chance for them to uh, expand themselves and test and see if this is something they can use moving forward. All right, I'll bring you in on this question as well, Adam. I'd like to get both of your thoughts. Now, Saint-Étienne have been, you know, sort of at this level or a little bit higher for, for years now. Now, it's a two-part question. One, did the team have to act in this window to purchase players uh, to get them up towards those Europa League places? Or will the returns of Barrett and Sutherland be enough? So, question one. And then secondly, does Galtier go this summer if European football isn't achieved. They can't get rid of him now because he's got them to this magnificent tie against Manchester United. But does he go in the summer? Because if we look at the way French football is now, we have now what's looked, looking to be a big five, if you will, uh, with Marseille and Lille newly moneyed and obviously Nice have their, their Chinese investment and PSG and Monaco are what they are. Leon is in there as well. You've, you've really got a, an increasingly large cadre of teams that are well backed. You could even throw Red into that too, uh, mm. with, with the money that they have. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of their owner, but he's worth a, a billion dollars. He's a, a very wealthy man. Uh, so, Adam, I'll come to you, and then to Nathan. Do they need to buy okay, this so window, and should Galtier go? I think yes, they need to buy in this window, but that's only because the fitness of Robert Berich is is very very questionable. Um, after that knee injury he sustained in the derby last season, um, he hasn't been able to keep himself fit consistently since. And I think if he gets a, if he was fit and he got a decent run in the side, I think he'd score goals in this league. I think he's a good good finisher, good very sort of very fox in the box if you like. He's a very very good finisher, but he can't he can't keep fit. So they need something, they need a source of goals, as, as Nathan just mentioned. So I would I think they have to get another striker in. As with every league and club, they've been mentioned and linked strongly with Andy Law. If they could get him in, I think that would be a huge, huge boost for them because we know that he can score goals in this league and we know he can score goals for a team that perhaps isn't the most attacking. So, yes, but I think in the rest of the areas of their team, they're actually pretty decent. Perhaps they lack a bit of creativity in midfield, but Jordan Verity sorts that out to some extent. So, I need a striker. In terms of Galtier, I think if they don't qualify for the Europa League this season, he 100% goes in the summer. Not because I don't like him and not because I don't think he's a good manager, but because I think Antonetti and I, understandably, they're the most successful club in French history. They've got the most league titles, are an ambitious team, an ambitious club. And they see themselves as not just the Europa League. Europa League is minimum, really. I think they want to be pushing, not necessarily guessing, but they... They expect themselves to be, at least in the hierarchy of the country, they expect themselves to be in the fight for a Champions League place. And they've come very, very close in the last few seasons. There's sort of been a final day situations where they could have come in the top three um, and they've, they've been close for the last three years. And I think if they don't, if they're further back this season, despite the tie against Manchester United, which is a, is a prestige game, but it's still, in actual terms, as far as they got last season, I, I, I think it's a step back. So I think Gautier is the longest serving manager in the league and I think he'll be he'll be got he's sort of taken the club as far as he can if they can't at least equal last season's performance. So yes he's a striker and I think Gautier has to get them into the league to 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 keep his position in as as manager. All right. Nathan, do they need to buy? Um yes, I think they do need another striker. But I think Adam hit the nail on the head. Berich can't keep himself fit. I don't think Sutherland's good enough 
in my honest opinion, and they need goals if they want to challenge for Europe. So they need a striker. They also need, I think, like like Adam said, I think they're pretty good everywhere else. They maybe need a bit more. They need a bit more from the likes of Dalbo and and, and Veratu in in terms of linking with the attack. And if they feel like there's a good enough player that they can get out there that can perform that job admirably and at a good price, then why not go for them? Um, whether they can in this kind of window, which is such an awkward window to get anyone, um, it's yet to be seen. But they've got the tools there, at least otherwise. If they can get someone firing up front, then they certainly have a good basis to go from. Uh, in terms of Galtier's job, I think, I think regardless of if they get European football or not, I think he leaves full stop. Um, whether that's the club pushing him out or whether that's him leaving of his own regard, I think this time, what will by the summer, I think he will go. Um, I think either the club will think he's taken them as far as he can or he personally will say he's taken them as far as he can. He's been a really good coach for Saint-Étienne. He's clearly a great defensive mind in, in stopping teams and creating a really sound base. But he's never really built an attacking form off that. They they had the moments with when Aubameyang was there, but he's such a talented forward that it, it changes that lineup completely. Um, and they've never really regained that form off of that. They've never really challenged at the top end. They've not got the cash to do that either to really compete with the teams, especially now with it seeming like uh, Marseille and, and Lille are going to be spending the money soon. And like you say, Ren are relatively well-backed. <sighs> So they're going to struggle to even achieve European football again next season if if reports are believed of how much teams are going to spend next next uh, summer and bits like that. So he might feel like it's time to move on and knowing that if he hangs on a little bit longer, they might get pushed out anyway. Otherwise, if he doesn't make European football, I think he'll go in. He'll be gone by the club anyway. All right, Nathan, your prediction then for the match? Uh, I'm going to go uh, 1-0 Santetien, the, the classic score. All right. hmm. Adam? 2-1, uh, Sinetian. Okay, I'll go... Oh, go with the scoreless draw. All right, so now, uh, turning on to a match that's not a geographical rivalry, but for other reasons, it has been perhaps um, one of the more exciting ones, particularly in, in the last decade, uh, prior to the, the QSI takeover of, of PSG. These are probably the two best teams in France here and they're out, and that's Lyon hosting Marseille. Uh, Nathan, at the weekend, we saw Marseille dip into what looked to be a 4-2-3-1 with Maxime Lopez playing off of Bafatimi Gomez. Uh, Bunasar and Tobin were the wings. Is that something you'll be looking forward to with the arrival of Morgan Sanson? And if so, uh, who partners him in central midfield? Yeah, I, I really liked the 4-2-3-1 they showed uh, last Sunday. I know, obviously, it was in a losing effort against Monaco, but I think... We all agreed on Monday on Monday's podcast that it was more an effect of how good Monaco were on the counter and maybe some lapses in concentration and positional wise in the defence of Marseille rather than their attacking unit who were quite decent and created a few chances and, and on another day, especially in that first half, maybe they grabbed a couple more and it's it's less of a complicated game. But I like Maxime uh, Lopez and, and I like him a lot and I like him in that role as well. It gives him a lot more freedom to be his creative. Um, wondrous self where he tries to find the right pass. He tries to find the extra movement or the skip pass to player to try and create space. I like him in that area and it, it leaves him a little bit of the worries of tracking back or anything like that because he can be a little bit rash. He, he caught a booking in that game for sprinting back and colliding with Fabinho. So he, it maybe is better to get him out of the way in those situations a little bit. Hmm. Um, 
In terms of who partners him, whether Morgan Sanson starts, I think they might not go for it in this one. I think they might leave him out to start off with, and it might be uh, Zango and Guisa, uh, Zango and Guisa and uh, Van Queer and midfield on themselves. If they do start Sanson, I keep Van Queer in the side. I think he's a slightly, he's more experienced. Obviously, he's a little bit more of a better defensive midfielder, so he's a bit more. Um, aware of his surroundings, he has got a good tackling ratio. He's got a good interception ratio. So keep him in the side because Morgan Sanson's obviously going to be more expansive. He's going to be more of a box to box kind of player, um, but he'll have to be slightly more receded than he was at, at Montpellier, where he was given a little bit more freedom. He'll probably have to shackles on him a little bit to keep his mind on on defensive issues as well, if needs be. But that's the real question. If I was if I was Rudy Garcia, I would start Morgan Sanson because I think he's a really, really talented player that's really finding his feet again after a couple of years of having injury issues and fitness issues. He's really jumped back on the wagon of that talent that we thought he would be. And he's he's was really excellent for Molin Pellier, other than Riyad Boudibouz. He was by, uh, by far their, their two best players that, that, so far this season. So I think he's a really good arrival. I think he will add a balance to that midfield in case, in the sense of against weaker teams, he's a much more effective attacking presence than either of those two midfielders that they usually play. And Banquier just gives him a bit more coverage than Zambuanguisa, although he obviously can grow in that role. So you can mix that up a little bit. But it gives them more options as well. Sanson can obviously play in that hole as well if needs be. If Lopez is maybe injured or maybe needs a rest, so that's an option. He can also play out wide if needs be. We've seen him on the wings, so... Yeah, I think it's a really good signing and I think that I would start him. I think that Garcia stays a little bit conservative away from home against a good team like Leon. I think he stays with the two more defensive-minded midfielders. All right. Adam, speaking about Leon, Memphis Depay's arrival was the big story this week and while the Dutchman likely won't feature from the offset, the deal actually has not been concluded yet as of as of recording. Uh, within the next 48 hours is the latest word from Jean-Michel Olas. Dude, is this the right move for a Leon side that seems to be very much on the outside looking in for the Champions League this season? It's, whether it's the right move is, is a question which, of course, we'll, we'll address, but I, I can't help thinking it's a, it's a very exciting one. I I'm really am excited to see Memphis Depay uh, at Leon. I think it's a good fit for, for player and for club in terms of um, sort of the philosophy, perhaps. It hasn't really worked out for him at Manchester United. Perhaps it was a little bit too soon moving moving to such a massive club. Perhaps he should have ended up at a club like Leon, who perhaps are also a big club, but not as big as Manchester United, obviously, to start with. Maybe maybe sort of it was a bit of a, a bit too far for for, the, for that such an early move in his career. So uh, I think it's an exciting one. I think he's a talented, very talented player, as we know from World Cups and from his time with flashes at Manchester United and especially his time in Holland. So it's, it's, it's a great move in terms of, you know, um, for the league. Um, but whether it's, it, it, it'll, it'll work in the long run is, is very much open to debate. I think if they're going to spend this sort of money and it was questionable whether we could even afford him to start with, because obviously his wages at Manchester United are, are very high, you would have thought that the, 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 the crying out for a defender and that none of their defenders have performed particularly well this season. So you would have thought that if they were going to really prioritise, they would have gone for that. But this is a bit like a marquee signing, isn't it? It's a, it's a box office signing that Jean-Michel Olas would be be able to say that the, Leon are can attract big players and international standard players and that they're going to want to come and play for such a big club in their, their fantastic new stadium. So from that point of view, it's, it's, it's good business. I have a feeling that this will go one or two ways. He'll be absolutely brilliant or be absolutely terrible. I don't think it's going to... There's no way this goes okay. Um, it's, it's one or the other. 
it. Um, and also, how does it affect the, the rest of the side? Do they switch formation? Do they move to four two three one? Do they how which how does it how does it work? Which remains to be seen. What is the pie's best position? Um, he's played up front for Manchester United at some times, um, and he's he's played there uh, other times in his career as well. But obviously, Lacazette's got that position locked down. So does he play behind Lacazette? Does he play on either wing? Um, you've got to fit Matt Neville for Kieran to this team as well. Do they revert to a diamond and play them together? I think that is going to be the big question for Genesio going forward is how does he get the best out of Memphis Depay? Because the best of Memphis Depay is absolutely brilliant. So it's it's just whether he can mould uh, Depay into his team and whether the, the, him and Lacazette gone along for Kier, though Toliso, those players will, will gel. Then not to mention Vatu, Valbuena and, and Rashid Gazal. So they've got talent there. So I think it's great for the league, and I can't wait to see him in the Leon shirt and playing in, in playing in Ligue 1. But whether um, whether he is able to fit into the Leon team and whether Genesio uses him appropriately is is open to debate, and it would be great to see how it goes. But I have I have my doubts to, for now. But box office signing and fair play, I'm looking forward to. It's like, a bit like Draxler, looking for, really looking forward to seeing him in the league. But questions are raised over whether it's the, the the perfect signing in terms of what they need in terms of the squad. All right, I have to. Interject here as a, as a Leon fan. I, I, I've been speaking with quite a few. We have a, a, an OLUSA group on Facebook that I, there's, we're actually a pretty good size. There's about 200 of us, and we, we, we were having quite the discussion about this yesterday when the news was coming through. And I was a rare minority in not liking uh, this move. I, I fully take your point, Adam, that it's a it's a box office sign that gets a lot of positive attention to Liga, like Traxler, like Dimitri Payet, uh, to show that we can that we Liga as as league can bring in players of this caliber is a good thing to have. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to deny the quote unquote box office appeal it has for the club and the league. The problem is for that money, that, which could rise to as much as 25 million, you could have had Benjamin Pavard, Jean-Philippe Babin. Claremont Longway, Paul George and Tep, and money left over. Now, how important is the Champions League for Leon this season? I would say very. And I would say it's looking less and less likely that they're going to be able to sustain a level of competition to make it into the Champions League year in and year out. And all this, and much as they had in 2010, 2011, when they brought in a lot of expensive players and that didn't work out, that financially hamstrung them over the next four or five years. And that led to the likes of Mohamedou Dabo, Apti Akate, Miguel Lopez. If you're a Leon fan, you don't recall these names fondly. Uh, <laughs> they, they had overspent on, on players like, like Ali Sissoko, like Ederson, even Jimmy Brian to some extent. I know he had some good moments at Leon and some bad, but was he worth the fee? Eh, maybe not. Um, they had some good transfers at that time too, Sander Lopez, Michel Bastos. But the fact of the matter is that overspending – on a limited set of players when a more diverse group of players who could grow into the team and succeed, much like, for example, Maxwell Cornet has, uh, is, I, I think, the way to go. And I, I think that you, you could have, with that same amount of money, uh, gone a lot better into addressing the depth issues that Leon do have, particularly at center back. We're seeing now, uh, we'll see what happens with this injury that Mutar Gigi suffered at the weekend, but having to play Maxime Gonalon at center back, for, at least until Nicola Nkulu is back, uh, or maybe Jeremy Morel, but again, it, it's it's far from a, an optimum circumstance for Leon uh, at this point in time. Uh, so for me, I just think diverse. <laughs> I was going to say, shall I interject for a th- for a third one? <laughs> it was a Man United perspective. <laughs> Go for it. Definitely. Yeah, I, I was just sorry, just just to quickly include. I do want to bring you in on this as well. Um, I, I do think that it, it's that money should, would have been better spent uh, on some of them, all of these incredibly young players that. 
are, are being brought through in the French under underage divisions. I mean, the ones I mentioned are, you know, fantastic and I think would serve Leon really well. Uh, the likes of a, of a Pavard or Gabemin could be a, your solution at right back for the next 20 year, or next 10 years. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I, I appreciate the, the splash that it makes, but in terms of the holistic approach towards team building, I, I really don't like the move. Very quickly on Man United, it's, it's a it's a good money move for them. We've got too many players in those kind of positions that are, are ahead of him, and even young players that are probably going to go past him in the, in the near future as well, like Marcus Rashford. But it, I, I mentioned this on Monday, Eric, and I think it's a move that shows that they're planning for a future probably without Mac, uh, Alexander Lacazette. Um, I can see them possibly moving Fekir in the middle next season and playing Depay out wide. Um, I like him. He's maybe a little bit too selfish, in my opinion. He tends to look for. He's. He reminds me, in a sense, of Nanny. Of he maybe looks too often at trying to create an opportunity for himself rather than others. Uh, I think that was exempl- exemplified at PSV, and it was maybe a little bit. Uh, it, it counted to his downfall at Manchester United because he never quite fit in with the team. He seemed like he wanted to try and do everything for himself, but at the same time. Um, his reported attitude with the club has been really good even after being dropped and, and trying to get back into the team and has just pushed himself out to try and get more football because he understands that he's probably not going to get it anymore at Manchester United simply because there's so many players in that area. But uh, it could be a really good signing. It could be really good. It could be really bad. It's going it to, like like Adam said, he, I think he summed it up perfectly. He's saying it's not going to go mediocre. This is going to go what, very much like Balotelli. It's going to go either superbly or shockingly. <laughs> or superbly and then shockingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I appreciate y'all's perspective on that. It's it's certainly a, an interesting to see how it'll work out, both tactically and personnel-wise, for Leon. But I mean, you know, if Depay looks like the smallest of three or four signings come the summer, I won't have I won't have anything bad to say about it. But uh, for right now, it's a it's a big money move uh, in the winter window. Uh, so let's get our your predictions then, gents. Uh, Adam, I'll come to you first. Cool. Um, Leon are good at home, but it, it's a close one. Uh, one all for me. All right, words out of my mouth. I'll go for a, a 2-1 Leon win, and Nathan. A 2-all draw. 2-all draw. All right, well, that is all for this week. Be sure to join Nathan, Philip, and myself on Monday from 8 o'clock UK as we look back on the weekend's action. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFFN. That's all for the Get French Openings preview show for this week. Thank you very much, and have a pleasant weekend.